It's a gloomy Monday here for me, Seattle Kraken fans, and mostly I'm talking about the weather, although I could be talking about yet another Seattle Kraken performance where we have the lead and we squander it. Another performance in which we regain the lead and then we squander it. Another performance in which we allow opponents to score two goals within less than 20 seconds of each other. Yes, we are going to talk about that Chicago win. Not a great performance by Seattle, and yet still some great performances at times. What does that all lead to? A lack of consistency. Is it because they're not practicing enough? Is it because they're not resting enough? Let's grapple with all of this on today's episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Kraken. I'm your host, Erica L. Ayala. Yesterday's game, Sunday's game, we liked the 2-0 start. We liked the comeback at 4-3. But there were things in between that ultimately led to another Seattle Kraken loss. It's tough not to feel disappointed by this especially particularly because we continue to be left wanting more from the Seattle Kraken team. Some of the things that I'm about to say on this podcast, I feel like I have been talking about since last season, and that's the frustration. That's the difficulty. We know this is a new franchise. There were expectations that were pretty high last season that I think were a little bit unwarranted, and we, we struggled. We suffered. And I was like, I'm not going to do that again. A lot of writers, we're not going to do that again. But then the allure, the excitement of Shane Wright, Maddie Beneers, um, and of course, Burakovsky and Bjorkstrand, not to mention this all-in mentality and attitude about offense. It just seemed like everyone was willing and ready to turn the page on last season and move forward to year two with a better concentration on offense. If you are a longtime listener to the show, and thank you so much, um, you know my biggest concern has been defense. And I will continue to say it is my biggest concern until it gets addressed. These were defensive problems that we had, and we're going to break it down here. Lapses in defense in particular – the, the only way that you become a team where your calling card, your stamp, is that you are a team where you can score multiple goals within seconds, seconds of each other. The only way that that happens is if you're an undisciplined team and you lack focus defensively. That's how that happens, regardless of the opponent. A lot of people talking about this game, you know, 
of course, I even on Twitter, on Locked on Kraken Twitter, was like, it's the revenge game of Eddie Olchek. And, you know, he didn't like necessarily that he wasn't able to go back to Chicago. That's how we land him. And so there's the drama there, right? There's the conversation about where Chicago, are they in a full rebuild? Are they burning it all down? This is a team that, including the Seattle Kraken, though, they've been able to come back and win by multi-goals because of their grit, their tenacity. A lot of people rooting uh, or, or uh, kind of saying that Chicago's out of it. Chicago put the Seattle Kraken on notice, and I think the league as well. So where is that for us? What is our version of that? I talked about it last season. I talked about it this season. We've talked about the energy, the energy lacking for the Seattle Kraken. Well, we got two goals. We got two goals early. And so that's a good thing. Jared McCann, Andre Burakovsky each get their third goal. You'll love to see that. What I liked about the McCann goal is it, it was perfect setup. Really, honestly, both of these were showing the offensive prowess. And so I did like that. With the McCann goal, um, it's a... Uh, Geeky and Coleman, who just did a fantastic job winning the puck, entering the zone with some speed and some determination. And Geeky, at the intermission, he told Piper Shaw that um, he heard uh, McCann calling for the puck and he knew where McCann was going to be. That's the kind of stuff I love to hear. That was perfect for the first goal. For the second goal, um, you know, it it was just a great job by Andre Burakovsky. Um, he and Eberly did a great job on the forecheck. The Seattle Kraken were actually, uh, or I should say the Chicago uh, Blackhawks were trying to come out of the zone and Eberly and Burakovsky stayed pinched on the boards, Eberly in particular. Um, so Chicago had to, had to, push over a, a centering pass. That's where Burakovsky was able to get the, um, the interception and got a steal in their offensive zone, sets up a goal. Burakovsky did a fantastic job just waiting it out, picking his corner, loved that. But then what do we see for, for Chicago, their first goal? So Burakovsky scores at 731 later in the period. So now we're, we're talking about, you know, Three minutes left in the period, two uh, two nothing lead, and at seventeen oh four, the Blackhawks are able to score, and that's on a really bad turnover. Vince Dunn exiting the zone and gets his pocket picked. So if he's exiting the zone as a defenseman, there's nobody but Martin Jones back there. So I didn't like that. Also, we gave up a power play in the last two minutes, and it so it was a, a excuse me, and and not only was Vince done the last line of defense, but we were on a power play. That's a shorthanded goal. Those are the lapses. You shouldn't ever be just coughing up the puck. You definitely shouldn't be coughing up the puck. So this meant that the Hawks were pressing. They were pressing on the forecheck, shorthanded on the penalty kill. And Vince Dunn didn't stay strong, didn't stay aggressive, even if he had kind of shielded. So he's skating forward. Even if he pivots his body so that his, his back is shielding the puck in kind of, you know, pirouettes. The, protect the puck 
as you're exiting the zone. You have to. That drew, drove me crazy. Power play, goal. Bob's your uncle, 2-2 at the end of the first period. Then we go into the second period. 32 seconds. 32 seconds in on the power play. A goal. A goal for Max Domi, his third also of the season. Now, what I liked about this is 20 seconds later, we get a response goal by the one and only Maddie Beneers. Now, this was not a pretty goal, but I liked the grit again. You see, it was Schwartz. He did not have a good control of the puck, but still found a way to put it on net. Good things happen when you get the puck in front of the net. Bang, Maddie Beneers gets back on the board. That would be Schwartz and Susie that did a really great job setting up Maddie Beneers for that one. Then we get Vince Dunn scores, and he owed us one. I remember thinking that. I didn't tweet it, but I was like, yeah, Vince owes us one. So he puts us up 10-43 mark in the second period. We go all the way to almost the 13-minute mark in the third period before it's back-to-back -back goals for Chicago. This is what I saw um, at the, the Tyler Johnson goal. There were three skaters, skaters. So this is not including Martin Jones, who was in net. Um, we'll talk about some of the roster changes in the next segment. This is three skaters. So four members of the Seattle Kraken, either in the crease or at the goal line, really in that space between the crease and the goal line. There are four members of the Seattle Kraken there wide open space. Chicago plays the puck from behind the goal and they have their pick because we're pushed and, and just scrunched into that space. We're watching the puck, not picking up body to body, stick to stick. And if you watched on root sport, you noticed that JT Brown, Eddie Olchek, and John Forslund were talking about some of the good plays, body to body, stick to stick. Justin Schultz had a, a good play. I think it was Susie also had a good play. But then we have these lapses, body to body, stick to stick. You have to make contact. You have to mark the opponent. You have to know where your opponent is. And I have no tolerance for those kinds of defensive laps. That led to the Tyler Johnson goal within short supply. Seconds, just seconds later, Another another shot, second goal in. Um, both of those were at even strength. And it's just, it's extremely frustrating to try and figure out what is going on with the Seattle Kraken that they're not able to clean up these things. It's rinse, uh, wash, and repeat. Why are we giving up goals, consecutive goals, back-to-back -back within, you know, anywhere from 20 seconds to two minutes of each other? That's demoralizing. That's deflating. You can't get momentum if you're giving up goals in short supply. Boom, 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 just like that. Making mistakes, coughing up the puck as you're exiting the zone. Can't do that. Can't do that. The, the final goal for Chicago, I have to take a look at it again. Perhaps Jones got um, screened in front. That's another issue. I think, personally, the Seattle Kraken let teams camp in front of our goaltenders way too much. That's another stick-to-stick, body-to-body. And you're not, just, you're not just kind of, you know, playing, uh, I don't know, you know, where you're whacking each other's sticks, whacking each other.
each other's uh, shin guards. You have to move the bodies. You have to move the bodies out of the way. Speaking of essentially lateral movement, I noticed on the broadcast that Eddie in particular was very critical of some of the passing. I think it's a give and take with Seattle. I think we play very direct at times. And so I, for one, am okay with some of the movement. I'd like to see, honestly, the Seattle Kraken use the the length and width of the ice a little bit more. We've seen the shot charts for Carolina, um, and we've seen the shot charts uh, against uh, like a Vegas team and where they're shooting from versus where Seattle is shooting from. But I want to see us move the puck a little bit more. And some of that lateral movement doesn't bother me. Now, we also have seen times, though, where Seattle is holding holding on to the puck too long. So I think it's a give and take. It's not just shoot the puck, shoot the puck, you know, because if we're getting up shots, the Seattle Kraken in this game, for example, that, you know, we're getting up shots, but we're not getting goals. What's the freaking point? 34 shots to 27 shots. Look at this. Oh my gosh. Face-offs. <sighs> 70% at the dot for the Blackhawks. Versus 31% for us. An offer on the power play. Is this because we're not shooting? Is it because we're passing too much? Can you tell I'm frustrated? I feel like that was a mini rant. I'm going to try and take a beat, take a breath. We're going to hear from some players. You're going to hear from McCann, hear from Beneers, hear a little bit from Hackstall as well. Because I talked about this in my cold open. It seems like some people think we should have more practice. Some people think we should have more rest. What is the balancing act? Do we even know? I'll give you my thoughts on all of that coming up on Locked on Kraken. But right now, let me tell you about our partners at Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn that the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. And here is what we're hearing from people that are using Simply Safe in their homes. Um, now, you have monitoring experts that are using proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors in every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside of your home and overall just smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real. So all of these and more are why Simply Safe again has had over 4 million people choose their home security product. So we want to help you out and make sure you're keeping your home safe. Protect the D zone, baby. Let's go. So you can customize a perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com backslash locked on NHL. That will save you 20% on a Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and you get your first month free. Head to simplysafe.com backslash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. And I tell you what. Seattle Kraken fans, we need Simply Safe for a lead. My goodness, we blew the lead once again. Um, and 
here's what Dave Haxtell had to say after the game. Well, there's a lot, a lot of takeaways. Uh, disappointing loss. I mean, but we, you know, we we did all the, a lot of things that will end up getting you beat on the road. You know, including, you know, you, you can look at our, uh, you know, our performance and uh, face-offs, uh, specialty teams, really, including, you know, including a short goal that really feeds them and gives them life in this hockey game. Uh, down to probably most importantly, just the way we checked and played without the puck in the last 40 minutes, 40, 45 minutes of this hockey game. What do you think that disconnect on special teams came from today? Well, if we, you know, if we had, if we had it, uh, if we had been able to fix it, we would have been able to push back in this game and turn it around. Uh, but we, you know, we weren't able to fix it on, you know, on the power play tonight and really uh, have an impact in turning the game the right direction. Bursts here and there. Sounds like last season. Is it harsh early in the year to be comparing? On the one hand, yes, because there was a decent amount of turnover at the trade deadline in the offseason, players getting acclimated. Um, I mentioned that we we're going to talk about some changes. So Philip Grubauer is day-to-day. That's why we saw Martin Jones and uh, Joey Decord is now up from the Seattle, uh, or excuse me, the Coachella Valley Firebirds, who got a win at Climate Pledge Arena on Sunday. So that was good. Um, but Joey Decord was with the Seattle Kraken in Chicago. Now, this is an emergency call-up, so he will not have to go through the waiver system again. I know a lot of people were talking about that. So we had Philip Gruber, Grubauer excuse me, out day-to-day, Joey Decord up. And Yanni Gord also um, not on the roster, not with the team right now for personal reasons. Um, sounds like he might be ready for tomorrow's game, but that's still up in the air. Um, but that's we saw Morgan Geeky slide in there. We did see Shane Wright. No, he didn't have a lot of minutes, and yes, I'm okay with that. We're going to talk more about Shane Wright and Maddie Beneers and their development this week with a special guest, with a special guest who is going to be joining us on the Locked on NHL channel and network, um, but you'll hear a little bit more about that starting tomorrow. Um, so we had some turnaround here. Um, the lines remained relatively consistent but again with Shane not, with Shane Wright excuse me not getting a lot of ice time that means on the fly changing some of the lines so let me show you the lines that rolled on Sunday very similar to the other day but you got to think if Shane Wright's getting you know roughly 5 minutes of ice time you know what what are we doing with with some of our other guys you know, with, with Shane Wright not playing a lot of minutes, you got to think, you know, you've got Sprung and Flurry who are healthy scratches. But at what point are we going to say, all right, we're not giving the kid time. Daniel Sprung had to work his way from a PTO to make the team. You know, what do those guys now have to do? Is Shane Wright showing any more in practice than those guys? But are we having enough practices? We didn't have practice um, leading up to the Chicago game, that was the second time last week that Seattle Kraken practice was canceled. And, you know, Jared McCann had some thoughts about that and mentioned explicitly that they haven't had a lot of practice time. Let's take you to some of his comments post-game after the loss in Chicago. I mean, I thought we had a good start. Um, I thought, you know, we kind of took it to him there in the first 20, but... Um, just got comfortable, just kind of got complacent, and, you know, we can't do that. 
Nine of you had points on five on five, but the special teams had a little bit of a hard time. Where do you think that disconnect comes from? I just think we just got to keep, you know, keep working on it. Um, you know, we, we haven't had you know, much practice time. Obviously, we've been game every other day here for the last little while. And, um, you know, we need to uh, we need to figure it out. And so you heard there that Jared McCann does mention practice and Maddie Beneers also spoke to media. He was asked explicitly about practice and I thought he had a very diplomatic answer. I think he's right. Things change, um, but let's hear what he had to say and then we can talk about it. Um, you know, it's kind of an art, you know, closing out a game. Uh, you know, I think there's a little bit of pressure there in their home building. So, uh, you know, they got some momentum and, you know, it all it takes is a couple of mistakes, a couple of shifts, and they're right back in it. They take the lead. So, um, you know, I thought we played a pretty good game overall, but, um, you know, you take a couple of shifts off and boom, they're up. So. Hey, Jerry mentioned that uh, lack of practice could be something that if you guys get a few practices in, you can improve some things. Do you think that's a good, good idea? Good point? Um, you know, it's, it's difficult. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're playing a lot of games right now and we're traveling all over. So, um, it's, you know, it's finding a good balance between practicing and, you know, trying to get rest, um, which is, you know, just as important. So, um, you know, I don't think anyone has, uh, the right science down for it, but, um, you know, I, yeah, so I think we were just focused on getting rest and I thought we looked good today from it, but you know, I just couldn't close it. So again, I mean, you know me. I'm all I'm in for all things Maddie Beneers. I thought he did a great job of being diplomatic. It is tough. On the one hand, you want rest. We know how important getting rest is. On the other hand, getting repetitions is important. And I am personally of the opinion, what the crap are we doing that these guys need so much rest? early on. What are we doing? So I get it. It's a tough schedule. It's a grind when you're going from um, time zone to time zone. As someone who does that now, you know that I travel a lot. I've been in three different time zones in the last week or so. That does take a toll. And I want to be open um, to that as a concept and be empathetic about that. Um, that being said, that's the game. That's what you sign up for. They're not the only team having to deal with it. And you have to, in your recovery and in your practice time, in your training camp and your preseason, work yourself up to being physically fit enough to weather the storm. I don't know. And, and it seems like nobody knows, right, what the right balance is, which is why when people are starting to have conversations about the coaching staff, primarily by Dave Haxtell, these are valid questions to bring up when questioning if it's time to make a change. If some of these things like managing the fitness uh, and the fatigue level, if these are things that the current staff can't do, they either need to get more help or they need to get people who know what they're doing. I mean, that's one of many things. And why is rest and recovery important? And why do I think it fits into my game notes from today? Is because if we're having lapses, those are mental errors. So in my estimation, you make mental errors when you are lacking focus or your body doesn't trust itself enough 
individually and collectively, you don't have that muscle memory down. The lapses are endlessly frustrating. Yes, I know it's a teenage team. I, I coined them a teenage team last year, but a teenager eventually grows up. And a teenager, even though we know that cognitively they're going to make mistakes, that doesn't mean that they do so without consequence. And if winning and losing isn't bad enough, if continually losing a lead and being embarrassed by losing a lead isn't enough of a motivator, that's when the coaching staff has to step in. Because right now, the only person that we see continually with consequences, air quotes for those listening on audio, is Shane Wright. And I don't even think that that's really a consequence of him not doing what he is expected to do at 18 in his rookie season in the NHL. Where's the accountability? Where is that coming from? If it's not being, if it's not a fire that can be ignited from every individual player within, that's your job as a coaching staff is to manage that stuff. You don't always have to play mind games a la Tortorella, who I know sometimes plays mind games, gets under the skin of folks, but you have to have a plan. I don't know what the plan is other than saying there were some good things. You know, there were things that we've got to clean up. We've got to be better at that. We've got to be, but do I sound like Dave Haxel? Because that's what I hear every time. I, I could put, I could, I could play a game from last year and play it in a post game for tomorrow's game, and it likely will sound the same. That's ex that's extremely frustrating. Not to mention, it makes it hard to do a podcast. Like, hello, if you're telling me the same thing, but you're not telling me how you're fixing it, and it's not getting fixed, what the heck am I supposed to talk about? I just am over here screaming into the microphone. Because at least then, you know, you can at least hopefully feel and see that I, I'm not okay with it. Uh, I've, I've lost track of how many rants I have gone on on this episode, on this podcast. You know, I, I, I didn't want to record it yesterday because I needed a minute. I thought if I gave myself a little bit of separation from the loss, that, 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 that then I, I could, you know, be succinct in my summary. I don't know, sleeping on it might have been even worse. It's, it's extremely frustrating. But coming up next on Locked on Kraken, let's look to the week ahead. What's coming up? And I want to get you ready for some conversations as it was requested. We are going to do a little bit more of a deep analysis into Maddie Beneers and his development. And also, of course, talk about Shane Wright with um, someone new to the with someone who is going to be new to the network, a host of a show called Locked on NHL Prospects. So we're going to talk about that coming up on Locked on Kraken. Not great, not great, but you know, there is more, there's more to play. And this might be a little bit of a break in a schedule. You know, I've been alluding to, or excuse me, I think really the broadcast has been alluding to that. It was a bit of a tough schedule coming out the gate. I mean, we've already played Los Angeles. Uh, we played Vegas, who didn't make the playoffs last season, but they looked pretty good. Uh, we played um, the Canucks. You know, I, we've, we've played 
tough competition in the season. I think that's worth noting. We've already played the uh, the LA Kings. They were in the playoffs. The Vegas Golden Knights were not in the playoffs, but they played us tough. That was that 5-2 loss in Vegas. Carolina, again, they probably could shoot from the top of the arena and snipe any goaltender in the league. They love shooting. We played Carolina. St. Louis, that was a tough one. Um, and then we get the Colorado Avalanche. Now that's the game that we win. Um, but you know, it's a tough schedule. So, you know, we, Chicago, I think we missed an opportunity to get some points there tomorrow, Tuesday, it's, uh, back at CPA against Buffalo, then Vancouver. Woo! Vancouver is not playing well folks. And Thursday, circle, 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 circle. If we can't make some of these changes for the game on Thursday, Friday's show is going to be an absolute rant. I might even have to stand up to do that show. Um, And then, you know, Saturday, the Penguins are in town. So you got to win the games against the teams that are not performing as well as you are. And right now, the Seattle Kraken, you know, we talked about it last week. They're kind of middle of the pack, but they're gonna that's going to start slipping. You know, if we can't get these wins, if we can't keep leads, you know, we're going to see ourselves at the bottom of the pack. Right now, I mean, Pittsburgh is second overall, nine points. We're playing them. Buffalo, eight points overall. We're playing them. Vancouver, again, they're at the very bottom, have two points overall. We're 22nd with six points. Buffalo wasn't a great team last year, but they're getting it together early in the season. You got to get the points when you can. So getting that win against Vancouver, we missed the mark when it came to Chicago. Uh, Now they're in 17th with the the points that they were able to select against us. You know, we were at 500 going into that game against Chicago. Now we're below 500. That was a mark that I was looking for. Are we above? Are we below 500? That's what I'm looking for for the Seattle Kraken team. And we have to build consistency. So it's going to be an interesting week, folks. But also sprinkled through the games that we will talk about is going to be our conversation with Hadi. Now, Hadi is going to be our new host of a show, brand new show called Locked on NHL Prospects. And so I think you're going to enjoy our conversation. I'll put the full video up if you want to watch that. It's longer than our usual show, but I'll have that up later in the week. But you'll get a taste here and there from Hadi as we're talking about all things Seattle Kraken prospects, mostly focusing, though, on Shane Wright and Maddie Beneers. But, oh, we also got to talk about some other of the top four picks from the 2022 draft. So that's coming up this week on Locked on Kraken. That's the show for today. We're going to hold fast. We're going to stay true. And let's go Kraken. We've got a game tomorrow. So we'll get you ready with a game day episode. Until next episode, take care of yourselves and each other. If it's a rainy day where you are, stay nice and warm and bundled up. And we'll catch you tomorrow on Locked on Kraken.